Welcome to City Hill. We exist to light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Jesus. Um, it's great you're here. Today we're going to be doing the second part. I have to speak slowly so I can remember. Count to two. It's difficult. Um, the second part of our series, um, Get LinkedIn. Um, so over the course of this series, what we're doing is we're kind of looking at um, the different ways you can come plugged, get more plugged in at City Hill, um, the different things we're going to be doing moving forward, bit of vision, bit of mission, and just ways that we can kind of serve God practically as a collective together and also individually speaking. So today we're looking at a passage in Luke 15. So if you've got your Bible, just bang that bad boy open. And... Um, Luke 15 and verse 11. We're looking at the parable of the prodigal son. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided the property between them. First of all, this is a crazily offensive story. So uh, this intro that we read here like you and I read in it's like a dude just asking for his inheritance up front and that's that but what he's actually saying is I wish you were dead I just want what comes with you being you so what he's actually saying to his dad like in any culture on earth there isn't a culture that we know of of any tribe we've ever heard of where a kid coming to their dad and saying I want my inheritance now would be acceptable there isn't one so straight away in this story, it starts off with someone who is coming straight up to his dad saying, I wish you were dead. Father, give me the share of my property that's coming to me. And he divided the property between them. Not many days later, the young son gathered all that he had, took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to one of the citizens in that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything straight away in his culture as well like the whole thing of pigs they were like a really unclean animal so the fact he was working with them and the fact he would want what they would have is just totally repugnant but when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to the father, to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him the son said to him father i've sinned against heaven for you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it let us eat and celebrate for this is my son he was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate now his oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out 
and said to him, uh, and entreated him. Um, but he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. He said to the disciples, oh, sorry, and then he goes on to a different parable. I'm going to stop there. So when we look at this story, traditionally the way we talk about it is we identify with the two siblings in the story. So what we tend to do is we tend to, in churches, we tend to say like, um, like for me personally, I can think of so many times in my life where I'm, I'm the young brother, where I'm just a complete douche. And I'm just like, it's all about me. I don't care about anyone else, I want. And if that puts someone's nose out of joint or if that tramples over someone, I'm okay with that. I'm just moving with what I want. And I can identify with being that son, but I can also identify with the realization of those times where I've just turned my back on God or turned my back on my real dad, my earthly dad, or turned my back on my friendships, turned my back on relationships, turned my back on a number of different people in a number of different um, areas. Probably not very comforting hearing your pastor say that, but I have, and I probably will again because I'm a douche. And I can identify with this guy, and I can identify with those moments where I realize, and I'm eating the rewards of my situation, where that friendship's gone, that relationship's gone, that relationship's in a messed up place, or when my relationship with God is in tatters and I've got everything that I wanted, but I'm completely dead on the inside and my world is falling apart. And in that moment, I'm like, oh man, what am I doing? I totally need to go back. This is a stupid decision. What have I done? And then I go back and I can identify with him. I can identify slightly with the older brother who what tends to happen is people tend to come, find a relationship with Jesus, get forgiven of a load of stuff, transition from the younger brother and after a period of time they forget they were the younger brother they turn into the older brother and they start to see someone else come through the door that encounters Jesus and they see them like well I've been a solid Christian for 35 years I have I've never smoked the reefer I've never had a cigarette I haven't sworn I haven't looked at someone badly that you've caught me doing um, I haven't done any of these things and I tick all these boxes and no one in the church is celebrating me but this pagan has come in among us. All of a sudden he's sung the songs we sing and he's okay and we celebrate him and everyone makes a big deal of him. But what about me? And we've been that person and we tend to leave it there. We tend to leave it there. But actually, I don't think we should. I think the story is a conveyor belt. I think we should be able to engage with the younger, the prodigal son, the younger brother, I think at some point we realize, oh man, I've turned into the old brother. This is a bit of a mess. I'm stale as anything. And if you find yourself there, there is a greater call than staying a pious older brother. The call is to become the father. That's what the call is. The call is to become the father. The whole point of this story isn't about staying as a sibling because Jesus talked about, I do that which I see my father doing. It's about becoming like our dad. It's about coming like, like, like God. 
that we have a different agenda in how we see one another and how we see other people. So it's great that we can identify with the prodigal son. It's great that we can identify with the older brother um, as long as we don't stay there because that's a really unhealthy place to be. Um, but just as it's unhealthy to be living a life of debauchery, that's unhealthy. Staying in a place of pious attitude where you think you're better than others is really unhealthy as well. Both of those positions suck. The place you want to you want to move to and the place that the story promotes is the father. Because what the father does is even though his son says, you're dead to me, he still gives him, he still gives him his inheritance. Who would do that? That's such an offensive thing. Oh, oh, sorry, you want me dead? You know what, how about you're dead to me? He still gives him the inheritance and he says, my son is dead. He's turned his back on me because he doesn't want any relationship with me. That's why he talks about him being dead because the son has chosen that you're dead to me. So that's why he talks about this. And he goes, he's alive again. He's come back to me. He wants to know me. Oh, let's, let's. But what the father does that is so telling that I absolutely love about this, this passage and this story and this parable that Jesus is telling is that it talks about the father looking out, seeing him a long way off. Like his, his eyes are open. And we are called to be like the father. We are called to be people who see people who should be repugnant to us because they've wished that we were dead to them. They've taken what they've had. They lived a lifestyle in a foreign place with different values to us. You went to a faraway country, take on different values, different culture, everything to distance himself as much as he could from his father. And he's still standing, waiting, longing, looking out. When is he coming home? We're called to be like that. We're called to be people that in our week, in our days, in our lives, are looking out. Who is it I need to run out to? Because as soon as he sees him, he just runs to him. He runs to him and he meets him. And what does he do when he does that? He flings his arm around him and he starts calling and getting other people involved and says, you, you go get the robes, the fine robes. He can't stay like this. You get the ring, it needs to be on him. Get that calf, the good one, the fat one. Get that one and, and kill it. We're having a party. Get the drink out, get the booze. We're gonna shubs, shubs. We're gonna, we're gonna party hard. We're gonna get this started. That's his attitude. Now, for that to take place, there are a number of different things. Now, I believe every single one of us is always called to be looking and for us as a city here as a church, collectively all together, every single one of us, including me, all of us, have to be looking out during the week. Who is it right now that is, they're just coming back because they're realizing everything is falling apart and they totally need an encounter with Jesus. Who is it I need to run out to, fling my arms around, love them and invite them to sit here on Sunday? Who is it that I need to do that? Who is it I need to party? Who is it I need to make, this all about that on the Sunday everything will be about them so he does that he he gets that going and other people have their roles now I believe we're all called to be like the father looking out and see who's coming and plan a party for and that's why I've been, been hamming up the the plan your visit page that people can respond and that we can tell our friends hey here's cityhill.org.uk go to plan your visit connect with that because ultimately what that is about is that is about us being able to run out and get the things ready for the party so when they turn up we've got the things we need ready for them that we can make a fuss of them that we can love on them and that we can best make them feel valued so that's what the plan your visit is about it's about getting the party started but for some of us um, we're needed 
to be strategic and positioned well. So just as the father has run out to, to get his arms around him, someone's needed to go get the robe, someone's needed to go get the ring, someone's needed to go get the fattened calf. And um, this week, as we go through the Get LinkedIn at City Hill, what we're saying is, um, we're asking one question, could you serve on the welcome team? Could you serve on the welcome team? So welcome means a word of kindly greeting as to one whose arrival gives pleasure. Could you be on the front door waiting that someone who is arriving here for the first time, that gives you pleasure? Like, it's not a fake thing where you're like, hey, whoa, but you see him like, yes, boom, great to see you, awesome. Like, is that you? Could that be you? Is that something you could do? Because if that is you, there are just three top things that you need to be able to function on the welcome team. The first and the most important thing there is, is not even being able to welcome or to greet well, is to get someone else to volunteer on the welcome team. <laughs> um, that is the responsibility of anyone who volunteers in any team in City Hill. The number one priority above anything else is gonna be get someone else to volunteer. That's the first goal. So that is, that is it. If you feel you might be able to kidnap someone, hold them hostage, um, don't blackmail them because that would be a bit bad, but maybe if you have to, you know, just saying, um, do that. The second thing you have to be able to do is you have to be able to be exactly that, to be excited when someone arrives. Even if it's someone that you see every week, you're like, oh, flipping it, Leke's back again, jeez. You know what I mean? You know, can't get rid of him, can't get rid of him. Well, we will on the 31st of July for one week. <laughs> Aren't you in Germany? Germany, yes. It's been Einhorn's for the Wagen Tagen. Yeah, Lecke, Lecke's going Germany. Big things, big things. Like you gotta be excited, like when you when you see them and when someone new comes first time, really look after them. The third thing you have to be able to do is uh, well no, second thing still, be excited, but also as soon as you're excited to see them and greet them. She looks so shocked. Oh, my little bubba. She's like, where's the confetti? <laughs> where's the confetti? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is like... Okay, uh, for the record, if anyone does volunteer on Welcome Team, um, that was probably overkill. Um, we could have traumatised someone. Um, she, she may never get over it. Um, but yeah, so the first thing you have to be able to do Get another person to volunteer on team. The second thing is to make people feel like a million pound um, and introduce them to others. So straight away, as soon as you've met them, you've got their name, had a little tiny short chat, introduce them and go like, oh yeah, um, Dave, this is, this is Ebony, this is Cornelia, this is Alicia, this is Marv, Andy, Jody, da 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 introduce them, get them to know different people so that they kind of aren't like, have it, if they ever come being, they don't have to like stand by your side while you're on the door because that would be bare awkward. Um, unless of course they're the person you've got to volunteer straight away. <laughs> then that would be amazing. Um, so yeah, hook them up with other people, people that you really believe will look after them and make a fuss of them. The third thing you have to be able to do is rem remember names. Um, and if you can't, at the end of the day, 
just jot the name down on your phone. Like, I'm pants at remembering names. I literally have to do that. I have to write on my phone names. I'll never forget a face. Um, I could see you once, and then I'll see you three days down, down the line somewhere, and I'll go, oh, I saw you at so-and-so. I just remember faces, always remember faces. I never remember names. But if you're like me, you just jot it down somewhere, if you chat to someone, remember something special about them. One of my favorite things when I did the, the coffee stall out front here was um, I'd always get chatting to people. I'd kind of get their name and then I'd always ask them, are you doing anything exciting this week? And then as soon as they tell me something exciting, I never forgot that thing. The next time they came to grab a coffee from me, I'd ask them about that. And they'd be like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went really well, oh thank you so much. Da -da 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 -da. And people feel really, really valued. Um, and the last thing you have to do which sounds like it's so dead. Number four, um, we've signed up to a system called um, Church Metrics. So like online, you just put in like the different data from the Sunday, it's so easy. You can even install an app on your phone. And then what that does that's really helpful is it's helpful in the long term when it comes to planning things for church because you can see year compared to year comparisons and know that, oh, August is a dead month for us. So how about if we have something really strategic, we don't do that in August. It's a dead month for us. There's gonna be like four of us sitting together singing Kumbaya, not gonna do key vision empowerment month in August. It's dead. September's booming, bang, September's the month for that. So those are the four things that you need to be able to do if you want to be and serve on welcome team. Now, we had this dead website. Like our website used to be so, 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 so dead. Like I'm not even gonna lie. I thought it was awesome. And then as I started to evaluate things, I realized, no, it totally sucks. But we've done a new revamp. So if you have a look at cityhill.org.uk, we've got a new page along the top menu, or if you're looking on your mobile phone, if you click the uh, black menu button in the top right-hand corner, and there's a new tab there which says Get Linked In, which kind of connects with our series and vibe. Now this um, page is live on our website now, and it's, got, it's changed the whole dynamic of how we lay things out. The Collaborate page we had was all information-based. It was telling you about the role and the function, this, that, and the other, and you had to express an interest, etc. and it just wasn't working. This new page, we're looking at it totally, totally different. So it talks about serving, it talks about the opportunities that are available, but the layout and the way that we're um, promoting these is totally different. So, the first up, it's got the welcome team. So, it tells you a bit about that, and then next to it, it has a picture of Katrina, and then it says, Katrina got LinkedIn to City Hill and now serves on the welcome team. Now Katrina is even more awesome. Be like Katrina. And you click the Be Like Katrina button and it sends us an email straight away and it has in the subject already, I'd like to know more information about the welcome team. And it's got that going down. So at the moment there's four. There is Katrina with the welcome team. The second one that's there is, is Big Marv. Um, who is going to be changing his role at City Hill. He's not going to be heading up the welcome team anymore. He's going to be building and heading up our kids ministry that we're going to launch. So if we're getting that going. I'm totally stoked about that. And we'll be hearing that in the weeks to come um, over the course of this series. And then next one down, my phone has decided to cut me off from the internet and it doesn't have it. So I believe the next one down is Leke for the creative. And what we're going to do is we're going to change it. So like at the moment it's Leke for creative, but in a couple of months time, we'll keep it fresh, we'll change it. And then it can be, be Ebony, it can be about social media and that's part of the creative team. Or it could be about um, Apollo who's not even here, but does like our design stuff. 
he's a part of the te creative team as well. So we can freshen that up. And the last one at the bottom, although, um, is Alicia. I, I, I need to grab a, a picture of you for that later. But um, it says admin team. Alicia's actually in, in the welcome team, but it's just because of the follow-up for the plan your visit, I put it there just so it spreads it out so there's something for all four teams. So there's all these different areas and different things that are going on. So I really wanna encourage you if you haven't or if you wanna volunteer and want any of those, check out one, check out the Get LinkedIn page on City Hill. Um, the welcome team has me so excited and why I absolutely love it and why we've just read The Prodigal Son and we've heard about um, The Prodigal Son, we've heard about the older brother, but ultimately it's about being like the father in the story. And the father in the story is the perfect person you want on welcome team. Actually, maybe he's a bit too enthusiastic. If you stood out the front of the welcome um, team area there and you stood just outside that door and you saw someone coming up the tube who was coming here and you knew they were coming here and you ran and embraced them and kissed them, they'd probably get a little freaked out. But he's, he's, he's got it nailed. And he, he straight away is getting the robes. He's making a fuss of them and putting all this love on them and making them feel so, so, so welcome. And that's what we want to be. We want to be people that are proactive. We want all of us to be looking in the week. I'm looking in the week at my place of work with my colleagues and even some of the, the maybe even the learners there, um, just opportunities to invite people to see God do amazing and wonderful things in their lives. But most of all, for anyone who comes for the first time, doesn't matter if they never come again, that that one Sunday, they get celebrated, they get loved on, because that is who God has called us to be. So that is the welcome team. That's everything I have to say for this week. I'm really excited about next week, we'll be looking at another team. And um, over the course of this series, um, we're just gonna see so much that God has for us and what he wants to do for us. I'm gonna pray for us and then that'll be it for this week. Father, I thank you for faithfulness. I thank you for the story of the prodigal son. I know I can definitely identify with the prodigal son and what an absolute um, douche he was. And I can identify with realizing that I'm a douche and that I need you and running home to you. And Father, maybe today as we've got here together, um, we're thinking, man, I need to run to Jesus right now because I need that healing in my life. I need to connect with him. I need that wholeness. I need that forgiveness. I need that embrace. I need that celebration because I don't feel like I can celebrate. I thank you that last week we celebrated Marvin. I'm looking forward to the next time when we get together and we celebrate a different um, volunteer in, in three months from now. Um, Father, I'm just so grateful for all that you're doing. I thank you that even with the older brother, we see just a clear picture of ourselves. We've all been there where we get a bit pious in our Christian faith, a bit stale, and we start looking and judging others and where they're at and being upset that they're being celebrated and that they're being made a fuss of. And that's totally unhealthy. We, we don't want to stay like that. We want to transition. We want to be like the Father. Father, help us to be like you, to be looking out with our eyes open to see those that need us to run to and embrace them, that need our love and need to be celebrated and made a fuss of. Um, because we know that that celebration will be so redemptive for them. It will bring such restoration and hope and newness of life. Father, I just pray this week you'd help us to see those that we need to do that to, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.